Welcome to the Pascal Ngwe Podcast. Pastor Pascal is the senior pastor of Alive Bible Church, a vibrant and growing church with branches across South Africa. Pastor Pascal is an anointed teacher of the Word of God who makes the Bible to come alive. Get ready to be empowered as you listen to the Word of God. The foundational scripture, Ecclesiastes chapter 3 verse 10, I know that whatever God does, it shall be forever. Nothing can be added to it. Nothing can be taken from it. God does it that men should fear before him. Whatever God does, it shall be forever. This includes relationships. Any relationship that was started by God, it's supposed to be forever. That's why I made you tell the person next to you, it's together forever. I'm not expecting that after three years, you will not be able to see that face again. A couple of years ago, we had this flow of teachings that came about, and it was, you know, like, Somebody is no more, you, you, you are with people for a season. And after the time, if, we feel like, if you feel like you are no more flowing with a person, mean the season with that person is over. So let them go and then move on. Now, that is true to some extent, especially if talking about season, I'm talking about something God started. Because sometimes you have to let go because God was not even involved in the first place. Like, God has been trying to get you out of the whole thing. So that I understand. But the problem is that people have also taken this thing, even in things that God is the one who initiated. Instead of going through the process of building strong commitments so that we can go through difficult times, people rather take the easy way out to say, I think the season is over. Let me pull out. I don't believe in such things. I don't believe that if God started something for you, it is for a season. My Bible says it is forever. It is forever. It is not for a season. It is forever. Praise the name of Jesus. What I'm trying to say to you right now is that if God, if God, has given you a friend. That friend cannot be for a season. Are you listening to me? Your friend is not, if your friendship is from God, it cannot be for a season. I can understand you talking season, meaning in terms of maybe practicality of, you know, communication and engagement, meaning we are no more in the same area or in the same you know, disposition for us to be able to engage as we used to. But it doesn't in any case mean the relationship must end. The relationship should be able to continue even if it's no more as recurrent as it was before. But this thing we have where somebody says, no, I think it was for a season. I was in this church for a season. I was with this person for a season. This person was my pastor for a season. This, you see, those things are not in the Bible. 
It is rather a people that are failing to pay the price that that relationships requires. That end up blaming it on a season. But it's not for a season. It was never meant to be for a season. It was meant to be forever. Maybe not in the same setting, but it's supposed to continue. I'm supposed to remain your pastor even if you are in America. Oh, yes. it's, it's not supposed to change. Like, it's just that it might not be in the same form. But it should never be, I mean like I found myself not so long ago, I found myself in a lift with a member that I had before. Come and see the tension in the lift. Come and see the pressure. In the, I didn't even know what to do. I didn't know what to say. You mean to tell me that this is God? I don't think so. I don't think so. That somebody you were with not so long ago, now you can't even look at them in the face. When you find yourself in a close space with them, it's like there's hate, there's fire, there's all kinds of things happening at the same time. I mean, I think she felt what I was also, I mean, and there were other people there, but we were feeling a tension between the two of us. And this is a member I had not seen for like about five or six years. Whatever God does shall be forever. I should be able to see you ten years from now, and it's as if we last saw each other yesterday. We just pick up from wherever we left off and we continue from there. The seasons might change, but the relationship must remain constant. Must remain constant. Whenever you see a good relationship falling apart, you must know devils are at work. Are you listening to me? Let me repeat the statement. Whenever you see a good relationship falling apart, you must know devils are at work. You must know that one very well. It's because you are not well trained in the school of help. That's why you don't know the value of relationships. When a man's relationship with his God starts falling apart. Devils are at work. And you might ask yourself, what does the devil benefit in you not communicating with God? He benefits in a lot of things. First of all, the first thing he benefits from is the fact that you are no more getting the help you were getting from God. The king told the woman, if God does not help you, who can help you? Every time you break a relationship, you haven't just broken a relationship, you've broken help. It's help that you have broken. Starting with your relationship with God, breaking or allowing the devil to destroy your relationship with God, or having a very weak relationship with God is having a very weak access to help. And that is going to have serious consequences in the performance of your life. 
and in the fulfillment of God's plans for your life and in the realizations of the dreams and the visions that you have for yourself. The help of God that is only accessible, every help is accessible through a relationship. Never forget that. There is no help outside a relationship. That's why the rich man next door to your house is not helping you. You don't have a relationship with him. That same rich man is helping a whole lot of other people because they know him and he knows them. So the reason why relationships are very important is because that is the vehicle of help. And as soon as your relationship are affected, you must know what is affected. It's not just that the person is known, but the help is gone. You've lost the help. You've lost the help. And I don't know some of you, you are planning that this person must help me for two days. And then they must go. This one must help me. me. I want my people to help me forever. I want God, I don't, I'm not intending for God to help me for two years. I want God to help me forever and ever and ever. I will always need the help of God. So I must make sure my relationship with God is well balanced. Whenever your relationship with your wife is under attack, devils are working. God call your wife a helper. And that is another vehicle of help to you. A beloved is a helper. It's a blessing God has brought to help you. When you don't have the wisdom of beloved dozing, you are lacking the wisdom of help. Like, like, listen, listen, don't get, don't get agitated quickly. Listen to me. I'm trying to tell you something. What I'm trying to say is this. If you think beloved dozing is all about sleeping with somebody, you are very, very, like your thinking is very, very low. There's a lot more in a relationship than sleeping together in the same bed. There's a lot more than that. A lot more than that. I mean, God said it this way, two are better than one. They have a better return from their labor. That's help. If one is cold, the other one can heat him up. If one is overpowered, two can overpower the one that is overpowering them. So there's help. There's help. And, and when you are, and, and the Bible says, what to the man who falls and there's nobody to pick him up? Meaning, what to the person who lacks help? Who doesn't have help? There are things you are facing with right now that were not supposed to be a problem. The reason why they are a problem up until now is because you don't have help. And the reason why you don't have help because you, you keep breaking the bridges. Some of you, after you have crossed, you break the bridge. After you cross, you break the bridge. You even bend the bridge. Because I get I'm now on the other side. So I don't need this bridge anymore. Be careful. You'll be surprised how that bridge will be needed a few years down the line. That's why relationships are supposed to be forever. Because you never know when you will need to pass through that door again. Don't throw away the key so quickly. 
you might need that help. Even when you are breaking up with somebody, don't, don't, don't be a fool. Saying things in a certain way as if you, never, you will never need a person. Be, be, be very careful. Because just now, you found yourself standing before that person. And you've said a lot. And the person is waiting for you. You are receiving wisdom right now. So we've seen together forever with God, that's accessing the help of God. Together forever with my beloved, that is accessing the help of the people God has given you, the help of men, the help of a wife, the help of, you know, all these people that God brings in your life. They bring help. My wife has been a great help in my life. And I believe I have been a great help to her. It's been help. I wouldn't do what I'm doing if I don't have people helping me. There is a lot of help around me. A lot of help by the grace of God. I don't want to lie to you. And you can only advance to the degree in which you are being helped. And that help is connected to relationships. So the person who is not good in relationships will struggle with help. Relationship with God, love the Lord your God. Relationship with men, love your neighbor. All those relationships have a way of directing help. This is the last time you will miss your way in the name of Jesus. Going forward, you will always know what to do in the name of Jesus. For the time we have, let's tackle another relationship that is equally important. So we've seen that your relationship with God is together forever. Your relationship with your beloved, should, you should never plan to divorce the person. Except, I mean, there are staff there that we don't even want to go there. You know why I'm teaching you like this? Because if you don't set your mind that this is together forever, you must know that the chances of you breaking it will be very high. And if you don't say it constantly, honey, this is together forever. We are together forever. There's no turning back. We are together forever. You need to confess it. You need to say it. The fact that you are not, you are not saying it, it, it means that Satan is seeing that he can break this thing. He feels that there are a lot of loopholes in the thing that can lead for it to end any time. People can even be into something and they are already out of it. Like they are just there by body. I mean, like they themselves, they are out of it a long time ago. Yeah. It's time to rise up and fight for what God gave you. Fight for it. You must know, I told you, as soon as the relationships start falling apart, who is at work? Devils are at work. Devils are at work. Because that thing didn't start like that. Now it's just degrading itself. It's just breaking down. Just breaking down. Just breaking down. Devils are at work. Don't undermine their work. Yeah. It's like if the, your eyes could be open in the spirit, you will see a construction company. That has come to do work in your marriage. They have tractors, they have shovels, they have bulldozers, they have builders, they have carpenters, they have all kinds of people. They are at work in that marriage. 
Every day they build, every day they change, every day they, they dig. They are busy. It's time to send the rain on that construction. So the, first of all, the work must stop. Send the rain of the... Because as soon as it starts raining, people cannot work again. It's time to send darkness in that thing so that they don't see. Then it's time to cut all sources of... Re, 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 um, uh, you know, sources of, of getting like uh, 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 provision. Where they are getting the cement, you must cut all the sources of resources. Cut the cement, cut the sand, cut the water. I mean, the, the, the work, the, the construction site must start dying down. Until you can't hear noise in the construction site again. Like, the whole thing has come down. In the name of Jesus. This morning, for the time I have, together forever with my pastor. your seat in the presence of the Lord. I pray I will have enough time to cover what I want to cover with you on this relationship that you should have. Second Kings chapter 2 verse 6. Then Elijah said to Elisha, Elijah is the pastor. Elisha is the assistant or if you say the congregation or the church member. So the, the pastor said to his church member stay here. No, that will stop following me. Pull out of this whole thing. This is your pastor giving you reasons and giving you elements to use to pull out of the whole thing. Like the reason why you are staying is not because of anything, it's because of him. He's the reason. It's coming from him. He offended you. He hurt you. He disappointed you. He is the reason why you are feeling like staying. Stay here. It's coming from him. For the Lord has told me to go to the Jordan River. But again, Elisha replied. Again, it implies he's been going on like that for a while. And he's been replying in a certain way. So he replied, as surely as the Lord lives and you also live I will never leave you so they went on together every opportunity to dissociate from your pastor is never the last opportunity to be with your pastor because this guy had four major opportunities, if you read the story, to dissociate with his pastor. But every time he overcame it, and they were able to go together. There are places you will never go together with your pastor if you leave him. And they went on together. They went on together. I need to make you aware as your pastor preaching to you this morning. I didn't start with some of you. And I didn't start where I am. I've been moving. But some people could not move with me. 
to where I am now. Elisha had different opportunities to stay. He could have stayed at Gigal. He could have stayed at Jericho. He could have stayed at Bethel. He went on together. And I pray for you as I will be teaching you this morning on the, the, the togetherness forever of a relationship with a pastor which is among one of the major relationships God is going to bless you with. I pray for you that the spirit of Elisha, the spirit that is resilient till the end will come upon your life. Now, quickly this morning, this teaching is not man worship. I'm not here to make you worship me. And I'm not here to teach you to worship a man or to worship pastors. By, with all we know for now, we know that a lot of evil has been committed by pastors. And these evils have caused a lot of people to become skeptical about pastors extra careful about pastors. In fact, to become um, that they don't trust pastors. Especially because the enemy has also placed a huge focus on that through the media. If you go on your YouTube, you find stories of pastors. Some people have, have, they have channels dedicated for pastors to show the mistakes of pastors, the problems of pastors. Plenty channels. So all of that has given rise to a certain attitude towards men of God. I want to say, however, that I understand that there is a fine line between following a man of God based on what I'm going to teach you and worshiping a man of God. You see, Matthew 7, verse 15, or verse 20, I'm not sure where, where I picked that up, but I'm sure the Major team can help us there. Jesus speaking says, Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. So I'm aware that there are pastors who are wolves in sheep's clothing. Jesus is the one who is, Jesus is even saying to us, Beware, like, be careful about such things. Are you listening to what I'm saying? So there are people that Jesus is warning us. They are, they're saying they are pastors. Jesus said they are false prophets. They are false pastors. So Jesus is teaching us that we should be careful about who we call pastor. Very true. Maybe listening to me this morning or watching me could be somebody who has suffered not from the, the hands of the devil but rather from the hands of a so-called pastor, man of God. We've heard many, especially in our, our country, South Africa, I mean, South Africa has been on the news over and over again because of men of God. Eating grass, eating snakes, dooming people, raising people that are not dead. So many things have been done in our country. So me not coming and teaching you about together forever with my pastor. If I'm not careful, 
this message can be misunderstood. Hence, I'm giving my first disclaimer. First of all, that look, this is not what I'm here to do. But I want to show you from the word of God that a relationship with God is important. A relationship with your beloved is important. And a relationship with your pastor is a very important relationship to have. Do not allow what has been going on around the country to cause you to lose out on a help, on a help that God has sent your way. Do not allow that to happen to you. Are you listening to me? Now, your pastor is an important relationship in your life for many reasons. Number one is because you will make it to heaven most probably because of your pastor. I mean, the chances of you making it to heaven because of a baker or a tavern owner or a road constructor or a house builder, I don't think that you will make it to heaven except if that person is a spiritual person that is a servant of God. I don't know. But of all the people you interact with every day, the chances of any of those people becoming the reason why you're making it to heaven are very slim. A lot of you will make it to heaven, which is the most important place to go to after you are, you are dead. Because of your pastor. He might not be the one to have done it directly, but his ministry... His ministry, the people he has trained, the people he has raised, the churches he has planted by the grace of God could be the reason why you heard about the gospel. So if you reverse it all, it's because of that person that you will make it to heaven. That's why he's an important person. Because you will enter a place where you had no business entering and you will be there because of him. Not because of your CEO, not because of your boyfriend, not because of your girlfriend, not because of your uncle, not because of any of these people that sometimes you value very highly. It will be because of a pastor that you didn't even maybe care or thought much about. First Corinthians 4 verse 15, Paul says, for even if you had, you had 10,000 others, to teach you about Christ. This is you now developing and starting to meet a lot of other people. You have only, you, you have only one spiritual father. For I became your father in Christ Jesus when I preached the good news to you. When I preached the gospel to you, I became your father. Paul says, I became your father, not because I gave birth to you, biologically speaking, but I gave birth to you spiritually. How did I do that? When I preached the gospel and the seed of the word entered you and you responded to the word of God, that's how I became your father. I've caused you to exist in the spirit, Paul is saying, and you might enter heaven, who is a spirit, which is a spiritual place, because of my ministry. Not even because of your biological father. Not even because of your biological mother. You can be with them a thousand years, you'll never make it to heaven. Except they are spiritual. And they are godly. But a person that is not related to you at any level, but that is the help God has sent to save you from hell. If you value that relationship, 
you can end up in a place that you never thought you would end up into. Number two, your pastor will account for your soul one day in heaven. Your pastor, you see, the soul you have, somebody will have to account for it. Hebrews 13 verse 17, obey your spiritual leaders and do what they say. Their work is to watch over your souls and they are accountable to God. Give them reasons to do this with joy and not with sorrow. That will certainly not be for your benefit. In other words, those of us that are making our pastors to have to give account but not with joy. When I stand in heaven to give account on your case, it will be, you know, it was this and it was this. And that brings me to the real question, who will give account on your soul? Who is your pastor? Who is your pastor? Because we have to give account. A pastor will give account. Number three, you are a sheep. And every sheep needs a shepherd. You are a sheep, according to the words of Jesus. You are a sheep. And every sheep needs a shepherd. Matthew 9.33, when he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. There are sheep out there without a shepherd. They are not goats. They are sheep. In other words, they accepted Jesus. But they have not accepted the shepherd Jesus gave them. They are a sheep without a shepherd. And Jesus says these people are harassed. And number two, helpless. Why? Because your pastor, your shepherd, is your helper. That is the help of God in your life. A relationship is meant to help you. It's to help you. It's not to destroy you. It's to help you. And here you are, you are harassed. And number two, he says, they are helpless. So they have less help. Because they are a sheep without a shepherd. And they have less help. Less help. There's no help. They struggle. I want you to imagine a sheep moving around by itself. Has to fight a lion by itself. Will that sheep survive 10 minutes? Has to fight all the, the snakes by itself. Has to find the stream by itself. Has to know everything by itself. It's a sheep. But without a shepherd. Don't just be a sheep. Be a sheep with a shepherd. Yeah. It's, it's a great thing to be a sheep. But it's a greater thing to be a sheep with a shepherd. It's a greater thing. Because there's a lot of sheep. Without a shepherd out there. And they are harassed 
by evil spirits. They are harassed by demons because they are not covered. They are on their own. They move on their own. Hmm? There's a Ghanaian proverb that says, a sheep that has two owners will sleep outside. Do you understand the proverb? A sheep that has two owners will sleep where? Outside. The reason why these people don't have a shepherd is because there's nobody that can really be their shepherd. This one is their shepherd. This one is also their shepherd. That one is also their shepherd. This one is also their pastor. They have a pastor online. They have a pastor there. They have another pastor there. They follow that other one. And they follow that other. A sheep that has more than two owners will sleep outside. You will be harassed by the cold. You will be harassed with hunger. You will be harassed. Number four, I'm talking about why you need to work on the, you know, the, the relationship with your pastor. It's a very important relationship. It's a very important thing God brought into your life. Maybe you didn't know. You don't know how important it is. Number four, through the ministry of your pastor, you can turn from a damn stupid person to a smart advanced human being. A person that even a fool will not come to ask advice from you that before. Like, even if a person has run out of options totally, he will not even consider you as an option. Through the ministry of your pastor, through the teachings of your pastor, through the revelations that are coming to you, you start becoming smart, smart, smart. And funny enough, that some of you even become so smart that you start feeling you don't need a pastor anymore. Yeah. Like you can really become smart until you feel, ah, I don't even need you. I've graduated myself. I shall give you pastors according to my heart. You must understand, your pastor didn't come from the head of God. There are things people give you out of their reasoning. And there are people give you from their heart. It means a lot to them. If I give you something from my heart, it means, it means a lot to me. And it matters to me how you want to treat it. Because this one came from my heart. A pastor is from God's heart to your life. From his heart to your life. There's not so many things that you have like that that God says, this one is from my heart. Yeah. And this pastor will feed you with wisdom and understanding. That is what is going to make you smart. The same Bible says that wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom. And in all you're getting, get understanding. And these are the things that God has sent this person to give you. To give you. The principal thing that you need to make it in life is wisdom. And that is coming from a pastor that God is going to give you. Those of you that joke with the relationship with your pastors. Those of you that think it's not 
an important relationship to fight for. It's not an important relationship to consider. It's not an important relationship to keep together forever. No, no, no. I'm with this pastor for two years. His season is over. He's no more anointed. Let me shift to this one. Let me go now. This one is better. This one is God. Is the pastor of the hour. Number five. Through the ministry of your pastor, you will get healed. You get delivered. And you get blessed. Through the ministry of your pastor. And those things happen, you're not even aware. That when now you were a heartbroken person, you didn't even enjoy life anymore. Through the preaching and the teaching and the prayers, before you realize, you start smiling again. You start wearing bright colors. And because the pastor is not the one who came to physically give you the smile, you think he's doing nothing. Luke 4, 18. The spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. It means the gospel works on the poor. When a person is poor and you preach the gospel, it will have an effect on the person. That's why when these people become better and they abandon the pastor who preached to them when they were poor, God can never be happy with it. They behave as if he didn't do anything. Yet he preached to them the gospel when they were poor. And it is that gospel that turned them into what they have become. The wisdom and the understanding that kept coming. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. This is the ministry of your pastor in your life. To proclaim liberty to the captive. This is your deliverance. Recovery of sight to the blind. This is you beginning to see things you couldn't see before. Beginning to have vision and understanding and revelations. To set at liberty those that are oppressed. This is you coming out of the oppression of curses, the oppression of this, this spirit, that other spirit. This is you living a better life. Without the help of your school teacher, without the help of your father and your mother, with the help of a pastor that God has brought in your life. Through your pastor, you most likely to find the beloved. I can promise you, sheep without shepherds, sheep without shepherds, very rarely do they get married. I promise you. I'm not saying they will not sleep around. After sleeping around, you will sleep around. But as for getting married, you will be surprised. That, that will not easily happen. It takes a certain ministry to be working in your life and to be working in the life of the person you are interested in before the delusions and the deceptions that are in them can leave them and they can behave the right way. You'll be surprised. Through the ministry of your pastor, you can get a job or be considered for a job. Everything I'm telling you, I can give you example upon example upon example upon example upon example. Through the help of your pastor, you can find yourself loving your own biological father and your own biological mother. People you were hating and you were on your way to major cases. But through the ministry of your pastor, 
You are not loving your father and loving your mother and honoring your father and honoring your mother. Because of that, that person that you might not even see as an important relationship in your life. That when you are thinking about the main people in your life, you don't even consider such a person. He is never in the picture. I'm just showing you. This person came from the heart of God to your life. Number six, through the ministry of your pastor, you will discover your own ministry. You will discover what God created you. You will find something greater to live than making few rings through the ministry of your pastor. And through the ministry of your pastor, you're most likely going to prosper. Yeah. You, 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 the chances of you, pro, I'm talking about you coming fully under the pastor God gave you. God is not stupid. The reality by, by his way is that there are many sheep without what? Without a shepherd. Including those that are in the church. Being in the church doesn't mean you have a shepherd. You can be in a church but the man on stage is not your shepherd. He's not preaching like it's just a place you are going to. There's nothing that you are not, you are not his sheep and you don't even consider yourself as such. You don't even believe in such things yourself. You are a sheep without a shepherd. You are a sheep without a shepherd. And it is through the ministry of your shepherd, your pastor, because shepherd and pastor is the same thing. It's the same thing. Basically, it's the same thing. When you hear a shepherd, a shepherd is a pastor in the making. In our ministry, Allah Bible Church, we, 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 you become first a shepherd, then you become a pastor. But it's the same job, just at a higher level. Just at a higher level. In the kitchen, the person that is cooking is called a chef. But you see that there's an executive chef. He's also cooking. It's just that he does a few other things there. But at the end of the day, somebody has to cook. Somebody has, you cannot be a chef and there's no food. What are you talking about? You cannot, you cannot be a pastor and there are no sheep. So the work of a shepherd must be happening even if you say you are a pastor. It's, it's a shepherd. Hence I'm saying, so you will hear me interchangeably, interchangeably using the two words. Ezra 6.14 So the elders of the Jews built and they prospered through the prophesying of Haggai the prophet. They prospered through the prophesying. The prophesying of Haggai. They prospered through the prophesying. Not through their education. They prospered through the prophesying. Every time your pastor stands before you and he prophesies over your life, he says, this is going to happen. Listen. Listen. Prosperity is not money. Money is just a little aspect of prosperity. That's why the Bible doesn't say they became rich through the prophesying of Haggai. They prospered. Prosperity encompasses all the aspects of your life, not just money. It's health, it's wealth, it's relationships, 
Is all this, is your purpose being fulfilled? Is all these things happening? Don't make prosperity a money thing. What is the purpose of money when you are sleeping in the hospital, not able to use the money? Is that prosperity? So prosperity is not money. Money is a little aspect of it. These people prospered. You might not have money right now, yet you are prospering. You are prospering. Money will come at the right time. Maybe at this time, God is prospering other areas. And you are deceiving to thinking nothing has been because your whole focus is on money. Your whole focus is on money. It's because of these reasons I'm giving you that Satan can't sit and let you enjoy that pastor. Satan cannot say, that's why you see every day, this one leaves, this one is fighting, this is happening in the church, that is happening in that church. Because Satan cannot just sit and let the people receive the ministry of their shepherd. Can't let it happen. So Satan will fight this relationship with your pastor, number one, by making it difficult for you to even come in contact with the pastor. Like for you to even discover who is your pastor. That can take you years. You can be roaming around town not knowing who is your pastor. You can be going to this church, going to that church, going over, and yet that's not where you're supposed to be. <laughs> so just for you to even that Satan starts fighting you, not, not when you enter the church, for you to even come to that church. For you to even come to that church to start with. For you to even know that this is the church I must attend. Ah, you will not, you can't understand what will happen first. How you yourself will be running away from the people that are trying to take you there. How you will be lying to them. How you will be giving them wrong appointments. Yet they are trying to take you to the place of your help. But Satan has messed up your heart and he has told you that's not the place to go. Don't go there. Don't. And also these sheep and these cell leaders that don't understand that it's part of the fight. After the person says I'm not coming, they give up. As if it's supposed to be a walk in the park. The fight starts from there before you even enter there. Number two, he fights a relationship with your pastor by giving you wrong thoughts and ideas about your pastor. When those things start happening to you, Satan is fighting this relationship. Wrong thoughts and wrong ideas about your pastor. Number three, by giving you accusations against your pastor. He will make you hear things that people are saying concerning him or her. And he will make you see things and he is accusing indirectly. Number four, by causing you to become familiar with your pastor. Before you know it, your pastor is your friend. Your pastor is just a church member. And he's successfully cutting all the help. Because as soon as 
your pastor becomes familiar to you, you can't receive the anointing anymore. Jesus could dare do no mighty works because they couldn't receive him. Number five, by causing you to become offended with your pastor. Offense. You stop coming to church, you come, you sit at the back, you pull out of this department, you pull out of that group, you pull out of this one, passivity, independent spirit. You are just busy with all the signs. You are busy with all the signs. You start having another group on the side. You are discussing other matters on the side. You start planning other things. You start criticizing the message. The message you used to enjoy, including this one, before you realize you're no more enjoying it. You say, no, no, he's trying to mind control us. Satan, I told you, every good relationship that you see falling apart, who is at work? Devils are at work. Where construction site is on. The lights are on. The trucks are going in and out. A lot of work is taking place. There's a station. There's a boom gate. People enter up. The whole relationship is under construction. Seven. By causing you to disconnect from your pastor. And the disconnection happens at the realm of the voice. I've taught you this before. My ship hear my voice. As soon as you can't hear the voice of your shepherd anymore, as soon as you can't connect with his voice anymore, you can go for days without his voice and you are okay, you have been disconnected. You are disconnected. Don't fool yourself. You are no more in. It's a matter of time. You are on your way out. You are on your way out. The voice of your pastor is irritating. The voice of your pastor, he preaches too long. You have so many things now. Wow. Wow. The same voice that got you out of the way to hell. The same voice that helped you get the Holy Spirit. The same voice that has helped you and shaped you. Now you have enough, you are so smart that you can even feel that I think he's preaching too long. Number nine. By presenting, Satan is going to fight the relationship with your pastor by presenting to you the mistakes of other pastors. By the time he has presented you the mistakes of other pastors, you start looking at your pastor in a certain way. When he's talking about tight, you look at him this way. When he says to you, come to my office, you look at him this way. Because you've heard stories about people going to pastor's office. Before you realize, the stories of other men of God have filled your heart. And your pastor is just innocently, he doesn't know what you are thinking about. Meanwhile, you are thinking about some serious things. Satan will cause you to disconnect from your pastor by making you live a life of sin. A life of sin will bring what? Condemnation. Condemnation is going to make you feel guilty. And guilt is going to make you feel, I shouldn't go there. And through that, you pull out. So it's using sin. And guilt and condemnation. I'm here to say, even if you sin in the morning, you sin at nine, the church is coming at ten, come to church. Walk straight from the girlfriend's house straight to church. Walk straight from the boyfriend straight to church. It will always be the best decision you are making. Last one. 
Satan will fight the relationship with your pastor by causing you to leave him. That's actually the main thing he wants to do. To leave. To pull out. The relationship must end. This together forever cannot continue. Let me find myself another pastor, another man of God. Let me find another person to continue with. I mean, the season with me and this pastor is over. I need to enter into a new season. So when I find myself with the pastor in the taxi, it's like we are two strangers. There is heat. It's like you are two big enemies. And you don't even know what he did. And you don't know that but, but there's a fight. And you are telling me it's God. God orchestrated this and his season was over. God has shifted me to another season. The season was never over. You are too weak to work on your character. That's the problem. When we are weak, we run away. We can't face the reality and let God work on us. People that are always looking for a quick way out is a sign of weakness. Yeah. When a nation is strong, that nation does not kill the weak people. It helps them. A nation that cannot take care of the weak is a weak nation. You, you actually see the strength of a nation by the level in which they can take care of those that cannot help themselves. The elderly that cannot work anymore and you are able to accommodate them perfectly till their dying day. Those that are mentally disturbed, you know what to do with them is a sign of your strength. When you can't do that, you organize them to be killed in silence. You go and hide them there. You abandon them on the street. It's a sign of weakness. It's a sign of weakness. So I'm here to tell you, if you are the type that you run away from the problem, it's a weakness. You can't stay there and be part of the solution. You want to quickly run where there's a solution. As if there's a place like that in this. I, I would like you to tell me where is that place? Where there's a solution. Everywhere you enter, it's a matter of time. You realize there are problems there. Leaving your pastor. John 6, 66 to 67. After this, many of his disciples left. They no longer wanted to be associated with him. Isn't it interesting that that is John 6, 6, 6? John triple 6. After this, many of his disciples left. So you see, that is the sign of the beast. Which is separatism. Which is you leaving the group that God gave you. It is the mark of the beast. It is the mark of Satan that you pull out of what God gave you. Separatism. 
the angel who couldn't keep the estate that was allocated to them. The fallen angels. This is them. This is what happened. And the disciples that were operating with that spirit. John 6, 6, 6. They no longer wanted to be associated with Jesus, the Bible says. You see, you don't want to be associated with anything that is ABC. You, you don't want to be associated. You don't, like, anything that, that, that is alive, 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 alive. No, 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 alive. What is wrong with alive? Don't you want to be alive? I mean, such a nice name. Why would you want to be associated with life? Alive? No, 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 no. Me? I don't go to alive anymore. Look at the type of thing you are prophesying. I don't go to alive anymore. So I'm going, I'm going to death. People who left their pastor, Lucifer. He left his pastor. God was his pastor. He was part of the congregation. He left. People who left their pastor, Judas left his pastor. Was part of the congregation. He left. People who left their pastor, Demas, his pastor was Paul. He left. People who stayed with their pastor, Joshua, his pastor was Moses. He stayed. Elisha, his pastor was Elijah. He stayed. Peter, his pastor was Jesus. Peter made many mistakes. But Peter told Jesus, where can I go? Why are you suggesting I should go? You have the words. I'm here. Timothy, his pastor was Paul. He stayed. I want you to look at the names of those who stayed and look at the names of those who left. And look at the end of each group. And choose your own. John, Mary, the mother of Jesus, Mary Magdalene, and the other Mary, they stayed. John 19, 25 to 26. Now, they stood by the cross of Jesus, his mother, by the cross. When Jesus was at his lowest, Can you stand with your pastor by the cross? By the cross. Because by now, everybody has cleared. I don't want to go into those, but everybody has cleared. At the cross, by the cross, stood by Jesus, his mother. His mother. Mothers are special. Mothers are special. His mother was there. At his lowest moment, the most difficult stage of his life, his mother was there. Then, number two, his mother's sister was there. <laughs> then, number, that is Mary, the wife of Clopas. So, his mother is Mary, the wife of Joseph. 
The second Mary married the wife of Clopas. Then Mary Magdalene, the three Marys. Where are they? Mary Magdalene is not his mother. Mary Magdalene is a church member. Out of him, Jesus delivered seven demons left her. She was a prostitute. A prostitute was at the cross of Jesus. All the big man of God, all the big shots, all the people of revelation, they have cleared. Look at who else was at the cross. When Jesus therefore saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved, John. So four people were at the cross. Mary, 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 John. The harder it gets, the smaller the group. The smaller the group. The smaller the group. Don't be surprised when your group gets smaller. Things are hard around you. When things are that hard, you are not making bread you are not walking on water to impress us. You are being nailed. You are being slashed. You are being insulted. Rotten tomatoes are being thrown at you. Not a lot of people want to be around. Yeah. This is when you know who is really with you. Hmm? As I close this morning. I want to help you strengthen your relationship with your pastor. Because some of us listening this morning, you are a sheep without a shepherd. I'm, it's a revelation I'm giving you this morning. You are actually a sheep without a shepherd. If you can agree with the truth. That nobody is shepherding you. You are on your own. You do your own things. You go where you want to go. You don't report to anybody. That happens in which kingdom? In the kingdom of Satan. Not in the kingdom of God. That you can go for days, nobody's, nobody's checking you and you're okay with it. Like that's actually what you like. Wow. Wow. The phone calls from your pastor irritates you. His SMSs trouble you. His WhatsApps inconvenience you. The church is a border. Church activities are disturbing you now. Wow. Wow. Lord, help us. This message is to help you, first of all, recognize how good God has been to you by giving you the help of a shepherd, the help of a pastor. Recognize that first. A pastor can never be a border. A pastor can never be somebody you are running away from. Your pastor can never be somebody that he, he irritates you. No. Then something is wrong. So how do I fix this relationship? Number one, allow your pastor to know you. You see, the less your pastor knows you, the easier it is for you to clear the connection is not strong. The less your shepherd knows you, the easier it is for you to clear. 
If you've noticed, John could not clear because John was the closest to Jesus. John is the one that put his head on Jesus' bosom. John is so close to Jesus that Peter has to get information, very important information, not directly from Jesus, but through John. Closeness. So close. That's why even when Peter ran away, Andrew ran away, John stayed. Because the relationship was strong. He knew his master. John, 4, John 10, 14. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep. You're saying, Pastor Pascal is your pastor. Do I know you? Have you made yourself known? Have you come forth to introduce yourself? To come constantly so that you, you start being in my face and until I start knowing you? A lot of you like being secret agents in the church. Like, you don't want to be known at all. In fact, you prefer your things to be secret. Everything is secret. Where you live is secret. Your shepherd doesn't know where you stay. Nobody knows where you stay. If there's a problem today, we can't locate you. We can't locate you. I know my sheep. If I don't know you, you cannot be my sheep. And I am known by my sheep. The sheep is making effort to know the heart of his pastor. So that when the sheep hears stories about the pastor, the sheep can say, no, 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 no. I know the man you're talking about. That's not the person I know. That's not the person I know. But the sheep that don't know their pastor, and they're not known by their pastor, the first rumor, they are gone. They are gone. The strong, the foundation is not strong. They are not deep in the ministry so that they start knowing things well. They are shallow. So any story works on them. Any story works on them. Number two. So number one. Allow yourself to be known by your shepherd. And take time to know your shepherd. It is to protect the relationship. The more we know each other, the stronger the relationship gets. The harder it is for the enemy to infiltrate. Watch people that are always fighting. They don't know each other. They don't know each other at all. Praise God. Hallelujah. Our time is almost up. Praise the Lord. Put your hands together for Jesus. Number two. Number two. Believe in your pastor. Believe in your pastor. <laughs> know your pastor. Then believe in your pastor. John 7 verse 5, the Bible says, for even his brothers did not believe in him. This is Jesus. The people that were supposed to be the closest to him did not believe in him. You'll be surprised you are coming to Allah Bible Church, but you don't believe in the Pastor Pascal. You don't believe he's a man of God that God can use to help you. Yeah. I remember years ago, a mother told me, you know, pastor, I know you are doing the work of God, but when it comes to my son, I know which pastor can help him. She told me to my face. (laughs) When it comes to my son, 
I know which pastor can help him. Believe in your pastor. Jesus kept saying to people, believe in God. Believe also in me. You don't believe in your pastor. It is showing by your actions. It shows by your actions. The things you are willing to do, the things you are not willing to do, it shows who you believe and what you believe. Number three, listen to his voice. Listening to the voice of your pastor is an important activity and duty for you to stay connected. When you start going for weeks without the voice of your pastor, you are creating a problem for yourself. John 10, 27, my sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. Number four, follow your pastor. Follow your pastor. What does it mean to follow? Mimic, imitate, copy your pastor. Do you see how far you are from Pastor Pascal right now? That, with the things that do, do you do them? Are you even interested in doing them? <laughs> Me, copy you. Oh, no, 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 no. That's not what I want. Wow. That's how far you are. That's how far we are. Just showing you. Are you willing to copy your pastor? He says, follow me. Follow me. Follow me. Hmm? If you can't make a fortune, no Pastor Pascal. If you don't believe in Pastor Pascal. If you don't listen to Pastor Pascal. If you don't follow Pastor Pascal. Pastor Pascal is not your shepherd. He's not your pastor. I mean, I don't even need to go further down. Find the right person. Don't waste your time. Find the person you can believe in, the person you can follow, the person you can listen to their voice every day without getting tired. I've been listening to my pastor for, I think, about seven years now, almost every day. Once you find your shepherd, you don't get tired. Yes, sir. You can't get tired. I can never, I mean, I can't imagine spending a day without listening to my pastor. It's not possible. It's not possible. You must see how I fight to get that voice around me. So if you can go on and say, maybe I'm not your shepherd. Stop wasting your time. Find your shepherd. And give it your best shot before you die. Give it your best shot. Number five, obey him. We saw that already. Number six, pray for him. Second Thessalonians chapter three, verse one. Finally, brethren, pray for us that the word of the Lord may have free course and be glorified even as it is with you. Pray for us. Paul was telling the Thessalonian church, pray for us. Do you have your pastor's name as a prayer point? Do you even pray for your pastor? Number seven, say positive things about your pastor. Say good things about your pastor and about the ministry God gave him. It's part of building. You see, the more, the more you criticize a person, the more you are disconnecting from the person. You can never keep a relationship you are criticizing. You can never. As soon as you start criticizing your husband, together forever is, 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 about, is about to finish. As soon as you start criticizing your wife, complaining about your wife, together forever is about to finish. 
As soon as you start criticizing your pastor, complaining about your pastor, together forever is about to end. Say good things. It's not that I don't know the bad things are there. I believe in the power of my words. I don't say the, the evil ones. John 4, 39. Many Samaritans from the village believed in Jesus because, the, because of what the woman said. My ministry could have gone further today if I had many Samaritan women who were saying the right things. Many people believe in Jesus because of what, not what Jesus said, what another person said. You don't know how the things you say are making people to not believe in the church, in the man of God, in the work of God. The things you are saying all the time, the things you are saying in your corner there. They are affecting people. That's why your people don't come to church. That's why your family members don't come to church because you criticize me in that house. The things you say. Jesus was not there. She said a lot of things. The Bible says many Samaritans from the village believed in Jesus because the woman has said, he told me everything I ever did. One testimony. People of God, let's start saying good things about the church. Let's start saying good things about the ministry. Let's start saying good things about the pastor. You can never invite people to a church you are criticizing. You will never have the courage to do it. You can never invite people to come and listen to a pastor you don't believe in. It's only when you believe in a person that you can encourage people to come and listen to the person. Number eight. By ministering to him. Out of your substance. Yeah. I'm not saying by giving to the church. You see, there there, there are two things. Let me show you something. Look at verse 3. And Johanna, the wife of Cusa, Herod's steward, and Susanna, and many others who provided for him, the Bible says. They provided for Jesus from their substance. Their <laughs> you see, let me tell you something. When you believe in a person, when you speak good things about a person, when you listen to the person and you are blessed all the time, the natural response is honor. Naturally. You just naturally honor. Natural. Anybody in my ministry that is struggling to honor me, I don't blame you. You don't believe, maybe. You don't follow well. You don't obey. That means, because this comes naturally when everything else is there. Naturally. It's not a problem. It's not a problem. When it's a big war in your head to do something for a voice that has been preaching to you for years, all you are waiting for is a particular day in October when you are hammered, 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 then you do it. Many times it's not even from your heart. It's just because we have agreed to do it. The ones that work are the ones God ministered to you personally. And you rise up by yourself. You say, I might not have much. This is a grain of rice. I might not have much. This is a little poem I wrote for you. This is what I can do for now. When God gives me more, I'll do more. I'm here to tell you If you look at 
the love that God has for you is a giving love. The love of a woman is a giving love. The love of your pastor is a giving love. But anything where the giving is from one side doesn't last. As for the giving, pastor will always be giving by the grace of God. But I'm saying this to help you. Every time you give a bit, you also get into it a bit more. Every time you give your tax, you get into it a bit more. Every time you bring a special seed, you get into it a bit more. Like you are connecting to it. You are becoming a part of it. Yeah, it's no more something that is foreign to you. You are in it. All of those are ways to connect, to be a part of it. Don't make a mistake. Don't make a mistake. If the water is flowing, if the river is flowing this side, and you are this side, and you have a field that lacks water, but you are unwilling to give out your ground to open it up. But you want water to jump and enter there. Oh, you wait for a long time. You have to be willing to give away something. Open. Until the water can now also start finding a way to come to your side. Otherwise, the water will be passing here plenty. But you are dying this side. Because you are unwilling to open a door. You are, you are unwilling to make a way. You are unwilling to let go. You know, you want your things to remain the way they are. Your ground must remain the way it is. Opening the door means we have to open your ground, make an irrigation system. That is going to mean you're going to lose something to gain something. But you are not willing to do that, you see. This morning, God is ministering to you and me challenging the status of the relationship between you and your pastor. Challenging the status of sheep with that shepherd. And just enjoying it like that. Something's wrong. Why don't you stand on your feet this morning and ask God, number one, to forgive you, but then also to thank him for the shepherd he has given you his love towards you by giving you that shepherd and that you commit before him that as far as you can you will do what you have to do to make sure that relationship is together forever open your mouth and start praying in the name of Jesus Father, ah, yes. work in this heart. Work in this heart. Help us tonight. Help us today. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Mashebe de bada. Mashabra ge de bade. Mashobro ga de bade. Ayande de bada bade. Mashabro gonde de bade ba. Mashabra de bade bade. Mashobro ndara bada bade. Mashibre gande de bada. Thank you, Father. Thank you, glorious Father. We thank you this morning. We honor you, Lord. Thank you for working in us. Thank you for working through us. Lord, help me to be together forever with my pastor. It's not a relationship I want to break. 
I refuse to have that mind. I refuse to allow that mind to stay in my head. I had never even thought about this, but the message today has shown me that I need to set my mind right when it comes to this. I need to set my mind right. Help us, Jesus. I want you to pray for somebody that is watching this morning. You are not born again. You've never given your heart to Christ. I want to lead you in a prayer that will help you commit to God. If you are here, you are saying, Pastor, I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to be born again. I'd like to pray with you. At the count of three, you can raise up your right hand and I'll pray with you. One, two, three. Raise your right hand. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. I want to be born again. I want Jesus to forgive my sins. God bless you. You can take your hands down. You are also here right now. You are already born again. But you just feel like recommitting yourself to God, to his purpose. You feel lost, really. You do. I sense somebody is feeling lost. Like It's a lot of things you've heard, and it's just like, wow. I mean, like, goodness gracious, what have I been doing? It's not too late to correct it. The count of three can just raise your right hand. I pray with you. One two, three, your hand up. I see your hand. I see your hand. God bless you. God bless you. Let's pray together. Dear Lord Jesus, surrender my life to you today. Please forgive me my sins. Wash me with your blood. I believe you died for me on the third day you rose again that I might be justified. Right now, I believe my sins are forgiven. I'm justified by your blood. I'm saved. I'm restored. I'm born again. I'm a child of God. I am free from the power of sin to serve the living God. Thank you, Jesus, for receiving me. Thank you, Jesus, for restoring me. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. Thank you for listening. May God bless you. Remember to subscribe to receive our latest service notifications and to share the link. You can also watch our pastor, Pastor Pascal, live on our Facebook page, Alive Bible Church HQ, or on our YouTube channel, Alive Bible Church SA. Remember, you are alive to give life.